Sports Dev Series. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me for another session. So, a friend of mine recently sent me an article from The Score, which is a sports, online sports publication. The title of the article was, Why Does European Soccer uh, Keep Ignoring African Coaches? It was written by Daniel Ruse. I think it was put out like eight days ago. Um, and I looked at it uh, before I proceed. Anyway, shout out to my man, Chiadiobi, for sending me the article. Um, yeah, he, he sent it to me and I ended up reading it. But it, it was it was an interesting article. And um, it essentially, to summarize it, it, it was kind of saying uh, African coaches in Europe are ignored by European clubs um, for various reasons. It highlighted FK Tirana's Nigerian coach who rescued the club from relegation in 2020 and um, brought them up, helped them win the championship. His name, his name is uh, Emmanuel Igbo. He is he's a former Nigerian goalkeeper, uh, was a goalkeeper for Nigeria at the Nations Cup, which is the African Cup of Nations. Anyways, he was able to really turn the, the, this club around and help them win a title, right? Um, in Albania, or, or, you know, which isn't one of the even ranked, I wouldn't rank it in the top 10 European leagues, but he was able to get a coaching job and also turn the club around and do very well. And, and the, you know, when you look at it, his, some of his challenges he highlighted, um, include, you know, the fact that he experienced racism. They thought his intellectual capacity was inferior. Um, but he ignored all of that and kept working hard to try to to try to get that club in the right area. Um, I, I don't know what the social relations in Albania are for people of color, but or black people for that matter. But um, you know, he he was able to develop a tough skin, coach through, and and make things happen. Um, one, one quick correction: his name is Indubisi Ebo, not Emmanuel. So, you know, but his his experiences or his drawbacks, the things that he experienced that kind of held him back, were not necessarily um, job preventing. They seem more social and again this is my interpretation just from his comments in the article um and i don't know how much or how owners of clubs view coaches that are african or, or african descent in europe i do know a lot of former players um that played in europe in a lot of different countries end up getting their coaching badges, end up going out there to try to get jobs as coaches. And um, very few of them land really good jobs. And I'm yet to see any publication or reporter that has really tried to understand the reasons why. Um, when, I, when I was in university, I was fortunate enough to work for... Um, an institute at uh, at the University of Central Florida that dealt with 
hiring practices of major leagues in the United States. Um, and, and that was a really good study. It broke down who was hired, how many coaches existed, and helped one really understand whether or not the decisions were made by race and what influenced those decisions. However, in Europe, I haven't seen the equivalent study. I may be wrong, but I haven't seen one. Um, I haven't seen a study done that takes a look at the entire landscape and identifies how many coaches, either of African origin, which essentially means they might have African parentage, but were born and raised in these countries, or, or are Africans that, you know, went to Europe to play, as professionals and ended up becoming coaches. Um, but they're not very many. Uh, you look at the English Premier League, for instance, um, for a while there weren't any. And then we did see Patrick Vieira break in with Crystal Palace. Um, I think he had the job for 20 months and he was sacked in March. Um, he, so and you don't really see too many. It, the, the Vieira case is interesting because before that, I think he coached in montreal in the mls is it montreal no it was new york city new york city fc in the mls and then he went there and and some people will say hey listen that's part of the coaching world that's what happens you coach one place you get fired you go to another area um so he gets fired it'd be interesting to see which other team hires patrick vieira <clears throat> we did see terry Henry get a job with monaco for a short time and he also got fired um and uh, I think he's he's in he's in the uh, broadcasting booth now, and you know, he, we don't know what the root cause is why these coaches or these former players are not being given an opportunity. Um, Nigerian sports John, journalist that's very well respected, um, Oluwashina Okeleji, said he understands and feels the frustrations of African coaches and. Um, his belief is that Walid Regragui and Aliou Sisse, Regragui is the coach for Morocco that took Morocco to Africa's first semifinals in the World Cup. And then Aliou Sisse is the Senegalese coach who won the African Cup of Nations with Senegal. And they've done very well, went to the World Cup and coached. He thinks that those two coaches, as well as South African coach Pizzo Musimani, are some good candidates to end up with European clubs. And as much respect as I have for Okilaji, I don't fully agree with his analysis. I don't know if an African coach that does well on the continent and takes a national team places becomes a candidate for, you know, top European, European club. Because if that was the case, all the European coaches that are historically coach on the African continent would begin good European job, but you don't see that to be the case across the board. Most of them don't get the top European job. So it's, it's, it's a space that I don't want to come up with any conclusions or because it's just difficult to know why that is the case. Um, and some have suggested implementing the equivalent of the Rooney rule, which was done in the NFL to make it mandatory that it, 
a certain number of black coaches are interviewed for a particular job in Europe. I don't know if that's going to go over too well. Um, you know, we Europe does not necessarily have the civil rights history that the United States does. So um, trying to get it passed as law would be more of a challenge, at least in my opinion. Um, we have seen some African former players that have gotten really good jobs. Shea Yolufi in China, former Nigerian midfielder, ended up getting a job as a sporting director of Grasshopper Club in Zurich. We saw Michael Emenalo. He was a sporting director with Chelsea and he ended up going to Monaco. So, um, you know, we've kind of seen some successes, but it seems like some of these successes are also a function of connections, who you know, and what kind of really good connections you have with different clubs. You know, it could be a lot of different factors. I think the good news as it relates to this is that you do have a lot of upcoming coaches. You have Sunday Olise, who's, um, of course, coached in Netherlands and is also trying to continue coaching, former Nigerian player. You do have John Utaka, who, you know, is the youth coach for Montpellier in France. He also played in France for several years. You have the likes of Michael Essien, who are, who, you know, who's working with FC Norseland in Denmark. And, um, and all these guys have gotten their coaching badges. Some of them have gotten UEFA Pro, like Sunday Olise. And it becomes a grind, like everything else. So I, the one thing I will agree with uh, the reporter Okiliji on is that the more of these coaches that get these badges, the more likely you'll see the opportunities open up for them. But it's, it's going to be a process. Um, and when you look at the continent of Africa, there was a ranking done by another magazine called Spot Dis Discovery. They kind of ranked the top five best football coaches in Africa. Um, and what you would see is that there's been a paradigm shift. There was a time when you would rank the top best coaches in Africa, not even a decade ago. And all of them will be probably European coaches that have come to settle. You would get a few African coaches, but majority of them would be. But in looking at this ranking today, what you notice is it's predominantly African coaches. And the names in sequential order would be Aliou Sisse, um, Carlos Queiroz, which I believe may be the only European coach there. Um, you have Otto Ado of Ghana. You have Pizzo Musimani, as mentioned. He's from South Africa, and he's never really coached anywhere else, just in South Africa. And then you have Walid Regragui from Morocco, who took Morocco to... So you, you see that shift in that some countries are hiring more of their homegrown coaches. Some countries are putting the minimum standards for coaching uh, professionally in the country, you have to have a CAF, which is the Confederation of African Football License, or you have to have a UEFA license to coach. So they're trying to increase the quality of coaches so people, um, so the level can grow. And at the end of the day, these coaches are going to get better jobs. But 
we'll see. Um, European football is obviously the best in the world, and um, it's not just African coaches. I don't, I don't think you see a lot of North American Concacaf coaches in European football. There's some you, for for Conor Ball, which is South Africa, South America. You do see a lot more coaches um, that have that are from Uruguay or Argentina in particular. You know, coaching in Europe, but um, it takes a while, and the coaches need to develop. So we'll watch this space. Um, I kind of see what happens, but in terms of you know European soccer ignoring African coaches, you know, uh, we just have to take a look and see. It's difficult to say. I won't lie to you. It's difficult to say that that's the case, but we do know that as the numbers grow. And as the craft improves, you can't ignore everyone, right? Eventually, you're going to have to hire people when they show you what they're made of. So anyway, Sports Dev, thanks for joining me again. We'll tackle another topic. Take care.